Well, happy birthday, everyone. Pentecost is considered the birthday of the church. So 50 days after Easter Sunday, after our Lord rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit in a preeminent fashion poured himself into his disciples gathered together. We have the 12 apostles, or the 11, who go from being fearful, weak men, into courageous, heroic lovers of Jesus. How is this possible? What's the difference? What's, who's the game changer? What's the game changer? It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who transforms us, who encourages us, strengthens us. What are some images of the Holy Spirit that we find in the Bible that describe him? So we might be familiar, for instance, with wind. So if we know from the Hebrew, ruah is the breath of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. So wind, the Holy Spirit blows as he wills. So we have wind. We also have fire, tongues and flames of fire that descend upon the disciples at Pentecost. We have earth. No, we don't have earth. So not the band earth, wind, and fire. We've got wind, fire, we've got water. Water, you think about John chapter four, a spring of water welling up into eternal life. This is why baptism, right, through, we use water. We also have a dove. Holy Spirit comes to us in the form of a dove. So you might think, okay, wind, fire, water, a bird. Now that seems pretty nebulous and some impersonal thing, but the Holy Spirit, that can't be further from the truth. The Holy Spirit is deeply personal. So uh, let me tell you something you already know. The Holy Spirit is actually a person. And as a person, just like the Father is a person, just like the Son is a person, and as a person, a person has a personality. And someone who has a personality means that you can get to know them as a person. Now there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. For instance, we wouldn't say someone who has just like a purely mechanical, factual information about someone and memorizes facts about them. They don't know someone, they know about them, but that's not a deeply interpersonal knowledge. So that's the first place we want to begin. Now we need to know about someone in order to know them, but it's a stepping stone. It's necessary, but not sufficient. So that's the first question we want to pose. Do we know the Holy Spirit? And how can we get to know the Holy Spirit? Well, how can you get to know anyone? You need to know stuff about them, but in order to deeply know someone, you need to spend time with them. And with the Holy Spirit, that means the only way to know the Holy Spirit in a deeply personal way is spending time with the Holy Spirit in prayer. Now someone might think, okay, that still sounds nebulous. How am I, I can't see the Holy Spirit. I can't, don't feel like I can talk or hear the Holy Spirit. How am I supposed to interact with someone who I don't see and I can't experience in these type of ways? Well, whether we recognize it or not, every time we've experienced authentic love, we have experienced and encountered the Holy Spirit in a new way, whether we know it or not. And every time we have experienced truth, goodness, or beauty, we have met the Holy Spirit. So for instance, any time I've encountered the beauty of God's creation, or the lovely face of a person, or the goodness of someone's love, 
or the truth, any type of truth that has deeply convicted my heart, has captivated my heart and nourished my soul in a way. We've met the Holy Spirit in such instances. And ponder and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, when are those moments, when have these moments occurred for me? And so I'm going to invite you just to take 30 seconds right now. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. So don't think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit. And if it helps you, close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we're talking to you right now. Remind me of a time I was powerfully moved by an experience of truth, goodness, or beauty. And in that experience, did I recognize the Holy Spirit in that experience? Perhaps it's only now that I recognize, oh, I had no idea that was the Holy Spirit. And maybe this is an opportunity to thank the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being present, even though I might not have recognized it at this time. And this is a beautiful, simple prayer exercise to be attuned in looking out for when the Holy Spirit has touched our lives and to thank the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is such a gracious guest that every single time he's invited by someone, he shows up. Did you know that? Isn't that remarkable? What a gracious guest. And so we know Holy Spirit guaranteed every single time at Mass, he shows up in a powerful way. How do we know this? Well, we know that he shows up in the proclamation of the Word of God. We also know that he is present in the prayers of the Mass, Prayer presence among all of us, the faithful gathered together, where two or more are gathered in his name, he is present. We also know that every single time at this altar, in just a few moments, there's going to be the epiclesis moment. The epiclesis occurs in all of the sacraments, and it's the calling down of the Holy Spirit. Also occurs in the sacrament of reconciliation, right? Um, at the words of absolution is the Holy Spirit who is going to forgive our sins in Jesus' name. So likewise, every single time at Mass, in just a few moments, every time a priest uh, lays his hands in this gesture over the elements of bread and wine, and it's going to be the Holy Spirit who can transform ordinary bread and wine into not bread and wine. So remember, the Eucharist, hashtag, not bread, really Jesus. And the Holy Spirit does that. There's so much that could be said about the Holy Spirit. I want to hone in on one very simple notion of propulsion. Now, if you were a boat, now, don't worry, I'm not getting weird. I'm not inviting you to identify as a boat. It's an analogy, right? But let's just consider yourself a boat. And let's just say for the sake of the analogy, there are only two options, two different types of boats. You're either self-propelled or wind-powered. Now, what would the Holy Spirit say about what type of boat you are? Are you, for instance, a self-propelled motorboat with a mind and a will of its own that completely disregards the wind, or 
Are you wind-powered, namely a sailboat? Now, I have to do a little bit of research on this, but did you know that up until the mid-19th century, in the history of seafaring, every single type of boat was wind-powered? It's only with the advent of the steam engine that you have uh, motorboats. So I think this is a, a fit analogy, meaning, are, are we sailboats? Are we powered completely by the wind, namely by the Holy Spirit, by the breath of God, who breathes where he wills? A sailboat, as we know, is completely reliant on the wind for its movements in any direction. Am I completely reliant on the Holy Spirit in everything that I do, in all of my actions, in all of my decisions? Now, the Holy Spirit desires for all of us to be sailboats, moved and propelled by the wind alone and not self-propelled. Now, what does self-propulsion look like in life? Well, I can tell you what the results look like. Lots of insecurity, uncertainty, anxiety, depression, false illusions of control. And repeat after me, ain't nobody want more of that. Now, the Holy Spirit is gently telling us, whispering to us, there's another way. The Holy Spirit says, do you want to let go of your fears, pressures, worries, burdens, so often that are self-inflicted, and anything and everything that cripples us and robs us of the freedom that the Lord desires for you and for me? And Holy Spirit, we're just praying. Holy Spirit, show me one area of my life right now where you want me to jettison the motorboats, the motor of my self-propelled life. Where you eagerly desire to free me, to allow the breath of your Holy Spirit wind to propel me. Come Holy Spirit, give us the courage to overcome fear, to move courageously, heroically in trusting you and to move into the freedom that you desire. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.